Like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Well, hello everybody, and welcome back to Spooktacular Mon. Yes, we are new nostalgic movie reviews. I'm David, and I'm Steven. And today we're looking at Steven's pick, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yes. This is a 1968 film, not rated, and it's an hour and 36 minutes. Cast and crew. The director of the movie is George A. Romero, and it is starring Dwayne Jones, Judith O'Day, Carl Hardman, Marilyn Eastman, Judith Ridley, and Kira Scombe. Alright, for a little synopsis here, uh, a ragtag group of survivors barricade themselves in an old farmhouse to remain safe from a horde of flesh-eating ghouls uh, that are ravaging the northeast portion of the United States. Alright, I guess uh, ready to move on to the best performance. Best performance. Uh, so, best performance, I think, for me, hands down, has to go to uh, Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben. Um, I think he's just phenomenal in this movie. This was just such a very, like, clean, just perfect performance of just a highly intelligent person who is also, like, can be very assertive and very aggressive and very just good at killing zombies and stuff like very much just wants to help people but also isn't going to take their bullshit and if they're going to kill themselves he's ready to let that happen <laughs> I'd, I'd completely agree uh, Dwayne Jones definitely is the standout for me uh, he just is always straight to the point he's a critical thinker and um, he just he seems like he's the one trying the hardest to survive yeah uh, I'll also give another good performance to uh, Carl Hardman. He plays Harry. Uh, he's kind of like the antithesis to uh, <laughs> Dwayne Jones's character, Ben, mm-hmm. which I kind of like that. You know, like this movie is, uh, you know, it's one of the movies that started the modern zombie flick, you know, created undead zombies, even though they're called ghouls in the movie. Yep. Because um, I know George never intended them to actually be zombies, but it kind of morphed into that. Um, but I think, uh, the character Harry is a great, like, trope that we're used to seeing nowadays in modern, you know, zombie movies of there's always that person that is against who you think is the critical thinker trying to get things done Mm -hmm. and is just, you know, there to mess everything up. So I, I, I think Carl Hardman and Dwayne Jones are definitely the best performance which i do get that too like he definitely had a good performance man he was just so annoying to me and i'm just like but the other guy's right, right. <laughs> ben's right you're just you're just a dumbass just quit being such a dumbass just stop exactly and i think he does a great job in being that annoying character oh he, he really really does <laughs> ready to move on to our next section absolutely favorite moment all right, what do you have for some of your favorite moments? All right, uh, got a few. Okay. Uh, I'll start off with uh, like the one of the most quoted lines in the movie. Uh, I love the first scene, and specifically when uh, Barbara's brother sister and says they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those, <laughs> like 
it's quoted uh, in a lot of other movies and i never actually, knew yeah. what that was from actually like oh really yeah because this is my first time watching this and i was like oh that's what this is from coming oh, yeah. to get like, you barbara <laughs> there's a lot of things you'll notice this you know if this is your first time seeing it like mm-hmm. you'll notice in a, a lot of other movies now that you watch you'll notice a lot of references and in like 80% of horror movies, whenever there's a TV on in the background, scenes of this movie can be seen playing in a lot of other movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I didn't realize first, I knew this movie was black and white, but I actually had bought a DVD copy of this movie, and it actually happened to be a reimagined HD recoloring of it. Oh, wow. So it actually has both on it, the black and white and the colored version of it. But I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. But I digress yeah, a little bit. I... <laughs> I actually didn't know there was a color version of it. Uh, I mean, I like uh, the black and white aesthetic. I know uh, one of the reasons that they didn't do it in color is at the time they just didn't have the budget. They couldn't afford color, so they had mm-hmm. to do with the black and white film stock. Um, but I, I think it actually benefits the film because the black and white kind of f- sets the tone and like makes it feel, you know, creepy like the way it's supposed to be yeah i will say i did watch the color version of it and it wasn't bad at all especially if like nice. after later finding out like what everything was like all the blood was actually chocolate syrup right <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that so i was actually really, really surprised with how everything looked in color but i i, I am gonna rewatch it in black and white as well <laughs> yeah like yeah the blood was like food product and then i know a lot of the the meat that the ghouls were eating later was like organs, uh, raw organs from a local butcher shop and stuff. So well, there was also just roasted ham covered in chocolate sauce too. Yeah. <laughs> Which everyone said was gross and nauseous enough that you didn't even need to make the actors painted pale because they were pale after eating the chocolate ham. <laughs> uh, another, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, which one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. So, one of my favorites is just that uh, first confrontational scene between Mr. Cooper, uh, Harry, and Ben, of just telling Mr. Cooper how stupid he is, and he won't follow stupid, and he pities his kids for having such a stupid father, and his wife is yelling, and then his wife yells at him in the basement for all the same exact things. (laughs) Right, like... (laughs) Like, Harry's wife is also a standout. Yes. Gives gives no shit. She's like, no, you you suck. Wait, they have stuff up there and you're going to lock us down here? What the fuck's wrong with you? Yep. Yeah, I, uh, one of the scenes I really enjoy is actually another confrontation between Ben, but it's also, it's, uh, when he first encounters Barbara in the house. And they're both trying to like barricade and he's trying to help and she's just absolutely hysterical so on top of trying to barricade the house and figure out what to do he has to calm down this hysterical woman Mm -hmm. and you could just tell he's just tired of her shit (laughs) yeah but he's also trying to be sympathetic like he he starts yelling at first like shut up and he's like he calms he's like you know i understand how you're feeling let's try to focus at the job at hand but yeah i I do feel uh bad for barbara in this movie because like she wasn't really given much to do she's a really interesting character in the beginning and then she just kind of falls off and becomes a a nothing background character and it's yeah that was definitely one of the hardest parts for me but i i really do love the patience that ben does show with her 
because there are yeah. certain times where you're just like you know he just wants to clock her and just be done with her yeah. <laughs> but he's just like no which, which he does yeah, which yeah he does, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does she's so hysterical he's like you know what take a nap <laughs> yeah, yeah once you wake up we'll uh but i mean ben is just He's just the most badass character yes. in one of these zombie movies. Um, I have to say, one of my all-time favorite things about this movie, and it's something that I have to highlight so much, uh, I absolutely love the radio and TV broadcast in this movie. Mm. I think, especially the guy talking about, like, uh, the cadaver with no limbs, like, opening his eyes and starting to move his torso, and just, like, the, uh, they talk about how instantly burning the bodies, you can... Uh, you you shouldn't have to make funeral arrangements don't try to make funeral arrangements like these people are going to come back from the dead you need to just kill them and burn them as quickly as you can and talk about having to kill the brain and then uh like the chief's even talking about how he's killed like 19 of them so far Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like i don't know i i think they like as far as like exposition in movies this is one of the best i've seen for exposition in movies and one of the best i've seen for like tv broadcast and I just really loved the way it was done and the way it was shown. And, like, even just, like, the guys walking up with the cue cards for the people, like, reading the news. Like, hey, we just got this information in from the penthouse. Oh, I just got this information in. It looks like, uh, yeah, people are coming back from the dead. That does not seem real. What? Are you? I guess I, I guess that is real. But people are seeing come back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, I really like the quality of it and the newscast i think feels authentic mm-hmm. um and i mean you know nowadays in every form of zombie media there's some sort of broadcast or some you know form of information like that being passed on and it feels cliche at this point but imagine you know watching this movie in theaters when it first came out i yeah. mean it's it's a completely new idea and i just think it's brilliant yeah and, like, when David says this is a completely new idea, this movie is one of the first movies to ever show, like, gratuitous violence in a movie. Like, graphically depicted violent murders on screen. This is one of the first ever films to ever have that. So, like, this isn't something that happened a lot with movies back then. Yeah, this is actually one of the movies that is cited for cre- the creation of the MPAA. Yep. Like, all the censorship and everything like that. So, it's, I mean before the mpaa i mean kids you know kids were watching this movie in theaters just imagine a child watching some of the stuff in this movie yep yeah like david is saying the uh the u.s movie rating system was instituted november 1st in 1968 this film was released october 1st 1968 a month before the rating system came (laughs) into effect so this is one of the last movies not actually rated yeah yeah um, uh, I guess. Do you have any other favorite moments? I I really love the uh, the reasoning for the zombies, the high level of radiation from the Venus probe satellite. Yeah, that's I, really I, interesting, right? I really thought that was really creative, uh, and I thought that because the zombies keep spreading their infection, they're spreading the radiation, which is in fact, if you die by any cause, at any point, being uh, succumb to that much radiation you will come back to life like it's just a thing that no matter how you die you are going to come back and i just love that explanation more than like oh they have to bite you or they have to do this or 
or you ate certain uh, things or you drank certain things. Like, I just love the idea, like, no matter what happens, you're just going to be one. Like, that just it, this is the way it is. It sucks. It's the most grim version of zombies, but it's just going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's one of the, like, a lot of zombie movies actually don't have explanations of mm-hmm. how it came to be. I mean, even think of, like, uh, The Walking Dead. They never really find yeah. out what is causing it all, just that you're going to turn if you die. Yeah, and then there's some that have just, like, really awful uh, explanations, like the, uh, I know it's not a movie, but the Dead Rising video game series, it was uh, genetically altered bees that stung, like, cows and other people and stuff like that that ended up turning them into zombies because they were like enhanced to make everything bigger and stronger or whatever and so it's actually a zombie virus which i mean that is kind of creative but i mean it's funny but it's dumb i really like how this movie is embracing like the whole space like it came from space idea like a lot of movies kind of in that era like dealing with space and horror like that it came from space like even think of uh the original thing you know it's yeah true very you know similar concept but um but yeah as far as other favorite moments i mean i think the final scene is very powerful yes uh with ben's last standoff and kind of after losing everyone else in the house and having to kill you know other people in the house mm-hmm. multiple times um after they've turned so it's it's a really powerful ending scene uh but i mean i think the whole movie is kind of a favorite moment in a sense because i just i think it's a classic oh yeah are we ready for the next section yeah what's next all right so next week we have david's pick for his October movie, which is Trick or Treat. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Classic holiday film. Very much. Alright, so join us next week for that one. It's going to be a fun one to go over with you guys. And yeah, then... so now, on to the summary. Yes. Let's sum it up. So, After a man and woman both suffer from some unusual attacks from some crazed people, they both stumble upon a farmhouse. The woman is hysterical, and the man is super level-headed and fends off a group of people and barricades the windows and doors. After he finishes boarding up things, a group of people that were hiding from the outside chaos, tucked away in the cellar, reveal themselves. The group discusses what is the best thing to do, and fighting and arguing ensues. The group agrees to listen to the radio and then finds a TV in the attic. The radio and TV sections were amazing and felt extremely real, as we talked about earlier. Um, I just absolutely love those. They found out that they can try and make and make it to an outpost and make a plan to fuel the truck at the barn that's a, just a little bit away from the house. Then, uh, the worst failure of fueling a vehicle movie scene since Zoolander... <laughs> happens and if you know what i mean when i say that you know that means all the characters in or around the vehicle but the main character die in a fiery explosion uh the police military and anyone with a gun band together and start mass killing zombies leading to a tragic end for our main character ben who did everything right and was very intelligent and strong throughout 
And that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give a little <laughs> little shorter of a summary. I felt like my summaries have getting a little long. I feel like I'm getting too much details in some of them, so I wanted to cut back a bit. <laughs> well, to be fair, this movie doesn't really need a long summary. Yeah. Cause it is pretty straightforward in, you know, the events. Um, and it's only an hour and a half, or less than an hour and a half, so... Yeah, it's yeah, just about an hour and a half. And actually, one thing that I enjoyed about it, as far as like the credits at the end, is there's a lot of still film going on during the credits. So to finish out the whole movie, you watch through the credits. There's a lot of still images, and then it ends with a, a scene right at the end of the credits. So yeah. it really uses its time wisely all the way up through it, even utilizing the credits to keep showing footage in the ending of the film and having that powerful impact at the end oh yeah i i really did like those still photos like that was just such a really cool thing to do and it was an interesting way to story tell right at the end because you we didn't need anything else happening at that time it was literally just that mm. while the credits were rolling and it was a it was a really interesting way to finish the film like i haven't seen that in a lot of things yeah, and uh, in doing my research, I found that, uh, I mean, the whole movie kind of has this idea, but especially that ending scene and those still images, um, a lot of people, you know, when the movie came out and currently felt like it had a cultural commentary on the time because this movie was kind of made in the midst of, like, the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, even during an interview uh, I saw, uh, George A. Romero like said that he didn't initially write the script to have like a racial message in mind. Yeah. And he didn't intend on that happening, but in the casting of Ben, he was originally written as a white character, but he really enjoyed Dwayne's audition Mm -hmm. so much. And he was so good that he's like, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Dwayne is the best candidate for the Ben character. Well, and he actually so he never intended it to be racial, but yeah. it a lot of people look at it that way because of the timing of when the film came out. True. He actually uh rewrote the way the character was to accommodate for the way Ben performed it in his audition because he actually had the character being a lot more crude and just uh harsh to everybody, but the way uh he showed crudeness but also showed like being patient and temperamental and stuff really changed had him change the the way the director wanted the character to be and changed his story a little bit because he actually was supposed to just be some like just rude trucker that just took authority over everyone and didn't care about anybody else but they, they just changed it mild minorly but still significantly enough to made it his own character which is really cool yeah and i really love how it turned out i mean like we both said Dwayne just is the standout <laughs> yeah. performance i mean he does amazing. All right. Are we ready for our next section? Yeah. A little off the top. All right. So what do you think needs to be cut? Uh, not necessarily cut, but I think changed. Okay. Um, I think Barbara's character, she seems very spacey in a lot of scenes. Like, there are scenes where she's just like staring at a wall or staring at a doily on a couch, just kind of spaced. And I know part of that is, you know, the trauma of losing her brother and dealing with all the hysteria going on. Mm-hmm. 
But I would love to see her get more character and just be made to be more useful instead of, you know, seeming really interesting in the first scene of the movie and then kind of get shoved to the background. I think she does, you know, Barbara's character deserves more. I I agree with that. Yeah, I I said that it's just weird that she just is always, like, her pre-hysteria, she's just not saying or doing anything for most of the movie. So, like, just a lot of those scenes just fall... Like, when she's actually interacting with Ben, those scenes are fine, but when she's not, she should just be cut entirely, or, like you said, just changed. Like, give more. Because, like, the wife was such a great character of Harry that the other two other female characters, like, they just drowned out. Like, they weren't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like they added too many characters than they knew what to do with. Mm -hmm. Um but they just, I don't know, didn't take the time to give them more character. I know in the, what is it, the 1990 remake? Oh, okay. I think it's 1990. Um, They did give Barbara a kind of character upgrade. She becomes more of a badass. Oh, okay. Um, But, I mean, I think I still prefer this movie, and, I mean, I think Barbara's fine, but she just, (laughs) she needs to be given more to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I would cut and this is an audio thing that i would cut (laughs) uh when ben is first telling his story of his first encounters to barb there is constant insanely loud cricket noises only during that section (laughs) and it is so distracting that i'm like why do you have this and it's loud it's like there's like eight of them in the room they're inside the house it's super quiet other than that and it's just it's bothersome i don't know why it was just something that i caught on to and it just i couldn't let it go i was like yep this state's changed and it's such a minor thing but it's just it's just annoying yeah to be fair i i did not notice that <laughs> fair all right i think that's it for things i would cut though there's not a lot that i would cut from this movie this movie is coming mm-hmm. in really tight at a under 90 minutes so like there's just not a lot to cut and it goes pretty much just really good pacing throughout so i don't think there's anything else yeah it's it's solid i i don't think i'd cut anything else so i guess move on to final thoughts and ratings all right um so obviously i think we both are kind of in similar boats here i i really do love this movie um i think this movie just does zombies extremely well especially for the time it came out and i really love the effects and the way this movie was shot and so much of how just the human interactions were with each other and just within the world building and stuff itself i think this is a must watch for any old for any horror fan especially just wanting to see like the roots of how zombie films started like this is a must watch for all horror fans yeah i'd agree um this movie is like a true pioneer of this genre of horror movie and it, i mean it deserves to be in a all-time classics movie watch list you know and it, i'm it, it is on most you know mm-hmm. um so i think this is a must watch uh must own like classic zombie movie and i mean this movie was extremely successful when it came out too this movie was made on a budget of 114,000 and it grossed approximately 30 million dollars 
And for a movie of that time to gross $30 million, <laughs> like, that's just, it's so fantastic. Yeah, and actually, uh, George and, you know, a lot of the crew, they ended up losing a lot of movie, or yeah. a lot of money. Because this movie wasn't properly, uh, didn't have the right, all the proper rights. Mm -hmm. So this movie became kind of free range. And that's why in a lot of movies, you do see this in the background on televisions because they didn't have to pay to show the footage. Just one of those movies that didn't get properly righted. Yeah. Um, I also do want to say, like, it was really funny. You didn't hear the main character's name in this film until 53 minutes into the movie. I thought that was a little weird. Too much going on. <laughs> we don't need the names. We're about to die. <laughs> I was wondering his name for the longest time in this movie being 86 minutes or whatever it was. Like, I just really wanted to hear that. And then, like, it didn't happen until, like, an hour into the movie. And I was like, oh, my God, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I guess. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, definitely just give this movie a watch if you haven't already. I hope you enjoyed our review of this. And we'll see you next time with Trick or Treat. <laughs>